There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody. This Halloween, we're hosting a virtual live show with our good friends over at Cult Podcast. We're doing a double feature, uh, and it's part of uh, Panic Fest online tricks and treats event. Because of the pandemic, a lot of us aren't able to properly celebrate our favorite time of year. However, now we have an opportunity to have some spooky fun and help us out with some friendly folks in Kansas City. This is more, we're doing a, we're doing a team up as Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast, not romancing the pod, but it's still going to be fun. Yeah, so 25% of each purchase goes to help keep the Screenland Armor, one of our favorite theaters in America, in business. Additionally, we'll be releasing some limited edition merch. And from now until Thursday, October 8th, you can pre-order your own piece of Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast history. Tickets are on sale now for $20, and our shirts are available for $25. However, we're offering a bundle for $40 where you get both. It's going to be so much fun, and we can't wait to see you all there. More information is available at cultpodcastshow.com. Remember that these shirts are super limited edition and are only available for pre-order until October 8th. See you all soon. Mmm, ooky spooky. Ooky spooky. I don't need no wine and dine. I want something high class. High class. Like spending my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that I trash. Trash. Me once in a bookstore. Smash roll call Todd Page the, the other guy oh yeah, Mikey Mikey Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. <laughs> And I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch She's She's All All That. That. Yeah. All right. So this is, I don't think, the first time that any of us had seen this, right? You guys had all seen this before? This was one of my favorite movies as a teenager. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) I loved this movie. I remember watching this movie when I was in high school but I have not seen it since then. Have you guys seen it recently? I have not seen it since at least around the time it came out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna tell you, yeah. I rented this movie and it was only twice the cost to buy it, and I wish I bought it. Me too. Oh my I god! I ended up really yes. loving this movie. I paid three ninety nine to rent it on Amazon, and I should have paid seven bucks to buy it because it's amazing. Yes. They taught that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was like, I should have paid the seven. I watched this on my own DVD copy of this film. Yes, <laughs> yes, Paige, Paige, yes. 
I had not watched this recently. It had been a number of years and I did not think it was going to hold up because like I thought back to like what I remembered being in this movie and I was like, oh, this movie is going to be problematic as hell. And it (laughs) is. There is some of that. Yeah, you're right. This movie is also hilarious. (laughs) I, I hazard to say. I still love this movie. Son of a bitch, Paige, I agree 100%. This movie is near perfect, and it's only near perfect because there are some problematic things that we will Absolutely. talk about. Absolutely, yeah. yes. I, I didn't, I'm like you, Paige, I thought it was going to be terrible and fun to talk about, and like everything was going to be awful, and I was like, man, this movie is so good. I like stopped and called my friend, and then he was like, how much he loved the movie. And then he just bought an engagement ring yesterday, and I was like, you should propose to Ten Pence None the Richer. <laughs> Kiss me <laughs> beneath the blinding tree light. I don't know the words, but it's something like he's that. Like, it doesn't make sense. He's like, he's like, son of a bitch, I just might. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, I'm not even joking. I will go to wherever he's proposing, and I will Pay 99 cents to buy that song from Apple Music so I can play it in the bushes. (laughs) Just like hold up a speaker to do it. (laughs) And there's so many famous people in this movie that I didn't remember. Oh, yeah. This movie is to the gills with famous people. Every famous person is in this movie. I hazard to say that this movie is funnier as an adult than it was as a teenager. Like, I loved this as a teenager, but didn't get all the jokes. And as a grown up, I feel like I get literally all of them. And it has only made this movie better. <laughs> it's like watching Animaniacs now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Okay. I just have to say this up front before we get to it, because I wrote it. No joke. 11 times in my notes. Matthew Lillard is amazing in this movie. He yeah. is. And I have heard like not great stories about him as a person. Oh, yeah. And I and it did not matter to me. I still loved him in this movie. This is still <laughs> nuts. I OK, I, I realize he's fully a bad person in the movie, but he just commits so, so hard to every bit. He crushes it. I'm like, that's my shaggy right there. I had forgotten about the entire real world subplot of this movie. <laughs> and I didn't it even remember. Is brilliant because i was watching it and i was like doesn't she dump him for like some famous guy and i was like is it the guy with the bag and i was like no that's not another teen movie and then it revealed the real world plot and i was like oh my god that's right i forgot he was on the real world oh my god but he he played the uh friend in summer catch Oh yeah, and the bad guy and scream and like all around this this time. Oh yeah, he was getting work <laughs> during this time. Oh yeah, and he was getting worked by Taylor in this movie. We probably should just get into this fucking movie because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So oh, my first note for this movie is just the soundtrack for this movie is everything. Yes. I did have the soundtrack. <laughs> Much of it is still in my iTunes. <laughs> We open on Lainey painting during the credits and she's kind of more of a mixed media artist because she's using like newspaper clippings and pool supplies, which I did not realize that that's what they were as a teenager. (laughs) And I realize now that she's just using her dad's rejected pool supplies in her art. So, Paige, this is all news to me. I wrote in my notes 
her art is fully trash. Like, it's not trash <laughs> and bad. It is trash she has found and glued to her canvas. It's also trash bad. But no, it makes more sense that it's actually pooled, like, it's pool refuse. What would you call it? I yeah, leftover pool supplies. Okay. And then she's interspersing that with newspaper clippings about the riots in Mogadishu. So like oh, God. real real downer art. Yeah, she and honestly, for like half this movie, she's a real downer. Yeah, she is literally the character Debbie Downer, where people are like, <laughs> We're having a good time at the beach, and she's like, you know, dolphins end up in tuna nets, and you're just like, Come on, Laney. She just throws a wet blanket over everything until she falls in love. That's pretty true. She could throw a wet blanket over me. Oof. I get it, Mikey. So she goes upstairs to wake up her younger brother, Simon. <laughs> Played by one of the McCulkin brothers. It's Kirian. He's currently in the HBO show Secession, and he's amazing. He's my favorite Culkin, because uh, he was also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Kirian yes, he was. is the best. Yeah. Uh, he also, in this movie, wears hearing aids the entire time, and he does not know why. People think that it was from some sort of rewrite of the script that got tossed out, because it's never addressed in the movie. <laughs> Really? But he wears hearing aids for the entire movie. Yeah. What? I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. Here's the weird thing. I did. And I was like, why the fuck is he wearing hearing aids? And then Googled. I was like, does Kieran Culkin wear hearing aids? <laughs> Question mark. And then <laughs> the not. internet was like, no, but in She's All That, he wore them the whole time for the character. We don't know why. It's never addressed in the movie. She wakes him up. Uh, by telling him that there are children in Mexico that have been up for three hours making clothes for corporate America. And we get to see <laughs> in the scene that she's clearly parenting her younger brother. Yeah, she's doing the, you know, older sibling thing, right, Mikey? We've all done that. I mean, I was the youngest sibling, so I was on the receiving end of some great, great older siblings. Oh, I, I drove my brothers to school every day. So I was an older sibling, but I was not required to parent my younger sibling. Well, okay, that's a weird flex because all you really just said to us is, well, unlike the main character in this movie, both of my parents are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were divorced. Well, I mean, I get that. That's fine, Mikey. But they're not divorced in this movie. She got cancer and died. Yeah, she got cancer and died. Although we don't find that out until very late in the film. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Uh, so we cut to the high school. This was filmed at Torrance High School in Torrance, California. The same place where Buffy the Vampire Slayer was filmed. Oh, no oh. shit. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is when I noticed that Kevin Pollack is in this movie because her dad yes. drops her off at school and it's Kevin Pollack and I love Kevin Pollack I think he's hilarious he's hilarious in this movie too yes he's so good we cut to the school where we have a voiceover by Usher and that is Usher of Usher fame right like, <laughs> you know Usher from the songs the Usher <laughs> Not like the usher who like walked me out of the movie theater because I was being too loud. Like the usher. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Although, oddly enough, Mikey, that was usher. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So hot take. Usher's not in this movie at all. Usher shot all of his scenes in a closet on tour or something because you never see him with any other member of the cast. He's only in the radio room. And when he's supposed to be at the prom at the end, you never see him with any main character of the cast. I swear to God, he was never there. 
Fun fact, you're right. Nailed it! I knew it! <laughs> yeah. I'll explain later, because it's it's related to one of the later scenes, why they put this in, but yes. His character should have just been called Exposition, because that is his only job in this movie. You never see him go to class. He's literally just in the radio room. It made me feel like he was a student that graduated five years ago, never left, and just like is holed up in the building somewhere and tapped into the PA system, and they still can't find him. See, my headcanon was... <laughs> He was really good at running the student radio, so they uh, just locked him in there forever and never let him out. <laughs> and they would just call in with updates of like school gossip, and that's all he had to talk about and think about in his prison. <laughs> when we get to the really, really later scene in this movie, that's the whole reason for his character's existence. I'll talk about it, okay, and explain why. Um, but <gasps> it was all reshoots. Oh my god, it was all reshoots, wasn't it? Oh my god, Paige, I love it. But there, for a very specific reason. So like. Like, we cannot get into it now. We have to get into it when okay. we get to the part okay. that okay. had okay. to be we'll reshot. We'll move on. But Usher's locked in a room in that high school, and I feel really bad for him. I just thought it was, I mean, and I know some people have, like, a voiceover thing at, at school, but it's usually, like, a teacher or a receptionist, or sometimes it's a student that reads announcements. They have, like, a school DJ, which is real strange. Freddie Prince Jr. pulls up in a yellow Jeep. He walks into the kind of entryway to the school where there's a picture of himself on the wall. I love that shot, though, because we're following someone in and then that someone looks at a picture and then that someone turns around to reveal the exact same face that was in the picture. And he's like, yeah, you have yeah. to go back because he pulls in <laughs> in his yellow Hummer with the license plate, Mr. Prez into the student body president parking spot. Yes, it's so douchebag. I didn't realize his license plate said Mr. Prez. Yeah, it does. You, you get like a brief close up over it yeah and that's the oh. thing is i thought all this was like not another teen movie making fun of it but because no. i've watched that movie more times than this movie yeah but it's literally just a shot for shot remake basically <laughs> not another teen movie literally for this section it is shot for shot <laughs> with, with chris evans and it's so funny except when chris evans turns he does like the thing he does in scott pilgrim where he's like it's actually hilarious he turns and he's just like heh and then keeps walking. <laughs> well, that's sort of what Freddie Prince Jr. does as he turns I, around. He turns around. And then around. he calls a girl by the wrong name, and she's like, oh, my God, he talked to me. He, he says, what's happening, Connie? And then she just says, he spoke to me. And then her friend just says, your name is Melissa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we cut to the lockers where Lainey and her friend Jesse meet up, and she kind of weirdly fat shames her friend, which yeah. I think is a... I, I just don't think it fits in with the rest of her character. I think it's very, no. it's, it's very common for movies of this period, but I just thought it was a real strange flex. He's like, it's a Twinkie light. It's Twinkie light. Do you guys recognize her friend, though? Yes. What has he been in? The most recent big thing he was in was Daredevil. Yes. Foggy Nelson. Yeah, he was foggy in Daredevil. So Freddie Prince Jr. or Zach, we found out his name is Zach, meets up with his friends uh, one of whom is played by Dulé Hill, and the other is Paul Walker. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm an unabashed Paul Walker fanboy, and like his death really hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, he's such a good, he's such, he's yeah, such char charisma. You know what I'm saying? Paul Walker is a great actor, Agreed. and it just makes me sad. Like, it just makes me sad. Same with Anton Yell, like when that happened. Oh, that oh, was sad. Yeah, that got me too. The thing about Paul Walker in this movie is, A, he is gorgeous in this movie. He's a handsome dude. 
everything yeah. in me wants to not be attracted to him because this movie mm-hmm. does kind of the same thing that Lucky One does and Ever After does where they make somebody just like consummately evil. Yeah. <laughs> like like there's just no redeeming qualities. I don't know. Paul Walker does not pull a gun on a dog at a farmer's market. He tries to rape Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> he, he does try to rape <laughs> But damn it, he's charming, isn't he? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Lay you down. I was just trying to call him fine. (laughs) He is fine. We ruin everything, Mikey. Anyway, so (laughs) in this scene, Paul Walker's character says that he basically joined the Mile High Club with a 30-year-old flight attendant on the way to Cancun. Because we're establishing that they're coming back from spring break, basically. Right. I do like that Dulé Hill's character, Preston, like calls him out and he's like, no, you didn't. I mean, I feel like he could have, but... Well, I mean, I do feel like Paul Walker could have, but I, it's sort of unlike him to have dated a younger woman because he's fully 35 in this movie, but yeah. <laughs> he does look oh, our no. age in this movie. Yeah, he does. Well, and so does Gabrielle Union, but like, you know. Yeah. And so do some of the extras. Yeah, oh, some of the extras are fully like 42. <laughs> At a party, it was like... It was like Paul Walker and then like my grandpa like popping a beer. Here's the thing. Like I know <laughs> Dulé Hill doesn't look crazy young, but he is young at the time. Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. was only in his early 20s. Paul Walker, I think, was also only in his early 20s, but he just looks. Really? Yes. He just like wow. looks 40 in this movie. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm like, hello. I think he looks older here than he did in The Fast and the Furious, which is like after this. Yeah, I think it's styling. Either way, I get that he's Super dreamy, Paige. Super dreamy. If that flight was over international waters, I think it could have been legal. Well, they're 18. It establishes that most of them are 18. It's still legal, Mikey. Oh, great. Wang it, boy. <laughs> I did not hear that they were 18, but I feel much better about the real world plot. Well, it's their senior year, so and, and here's the thing: not every senior is going to be 18 at that point. It doesn't get into the nitty gritty of it. Well, Freddie Prince Jr. is established at 18 in a scene, right? And I believe Rachel Lee Cook is as well. But those right. are the only two we actually get real ages on. The only one I need to know is Taylor. <laughs> I, and here's the thing: I don't know. That's the one that yeah. they don't establish. And and we'll you know it'll make sense in just a second when we get to it. Brock ends up in jail at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they are talking about how they're about to graduate, and Freddie Prince Jr. is like, "Suddenly, tomorrow's not just tomorrow; it's the future." Yeah, that is a line of dialogue in this yeah. movie. Yep. And then Paul Walker follows that up with, check who's back from spring break looking all fine and shit. And it's Gabrielle Union and Lil' Kim. Yeah. Is it Lil' Kim that's on the phone? The first girl to walk towards him, the one that Paul Walker walks off with, is somebody else. She's part oh, of that friend okay, group. okay, okay, okay. But that's the girl I'm talking about because that girl walks off and she's on the phone and he just like leaves to sexually assault her and then yes. comes back like 30 seconds later. Yes, because he gets turned down, yeah. Yeah, he like comes back 30 seconds later in the same scene. I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like Paul Walker didn't realize they were shooting a take, and he just walked off with an extra. <laughs> and then came back. And then when he realized, oh my God, we're filming, I gotta come back over. Well, she's not an extra. She's one of their friends, but she's just not dating any of them, but she's in a couple uh, okay. other scenes. Okay. But then the next two to come up is Gabrielle Union and Lil' Kim. Okay. Those are the ones where they're like, where's Taylor? Because you guys spent spring break with 
with Taylor. What's up? And they're like, uh, no, haven't seen her. Uh, you should maybe talk to her. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely something up, though. Taylor walks up and Zach goes in for a kiss and she dodges it and is like, oh, I have total Diet Coke mouth. Which, that's not a thing. It's totally a thing. Well, let's, let me tell you, if that works. Diet Coke mouth, it works for the ladies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's one of many places where Diet Coke has product placement in this film. <laughs> but that's like <laughs> negative product placement. It doesn't matter because there's like four or five Diet Coke cans faced label out in people's hands <laughs> throughout this movie. Fair enough. Uh, she's clearly avoiding Zach. She pulls him aside and basically says, this isn't working for me anymore. And he notices that she has a new tattoo. Paul Walker notices too because he even says it. He's like, oh, new tattoo. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say. It is. So they sit down and they talk about what happened while she was in Florida over spring break. Oh, she's the worst. Uh, she says that Chandler was making out with an old guy who turned out to be Warren G's hairdresser which got them an invite to the beach house in Daytona. The MTV beach house on the MTV beach house show for spring break. Yes. Mikey remembers this. I do yeah. too. <laughs> this was a huge thing. I didn't have MTV growing up. Oh, God, man. It was so fun to watch. Now, this actually factors into the plot later that it's the it does, MTV yeah. beach house. So... She says that she was handpicked by the producers to dance on her own rap. I love this because you see her walk out there and shove the girl off the rap. Yes. I also love this scene because they're talking together in the foreground at the beach house as the scene plays out in the background. And I thought it was really well shot for like a flashback. Yeah, it's really interesting. This scene is why I think she's 18, because the producers would have had to clear her to broadcast her. Yeah, that makes sense. And she would have had to have been 18. Anyway, regardless, this is why I think she's 18. She almost falls off the raft, reaches down and steadies herself on what turns out to be Matthew Lillard's character. Brock oh. Hudson from the real world. And it's real world season two. It's real world two. Where he was thrown out of the house. Yes. I love Matthew Lillard so much. <laughs> Zach, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character says, the dyslexic volleyball guy? They kicked him out of the house. <laughs> uh, which I'm sure it doesn't matter that he was dyslexic because as we see in the in the rest, he's just annoying. Like it has nothing to do with either of those things. Yeah, he's got bigger issues than dyslexic. I'm saying this as someone who is super <laughs> dyslexic, yeah. but we all do dance like that. <laughs> you mean issues like dating a high schooler yeah well i mean how old do you think brock is in his 20s brock's in his <laughs> early 20s it's still creepy it is creepy yeah. brock yeah. is like just graduated college oh so he's fully four or five years older than she is easily yeah. maybe more I i'm thinking mid-20s yeah i'm thinking 23 to 25 oh and she's in high school it's real creepy yeah. we continue with their flashback where they hook up Brock gets a tattoo of his own face. And it says me under it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? It's modeled after the Steve-O tattoo. Because uh. that's the same time. So he gets a tattoo of his own face. She gets a tattoo commemorating their love. And then she, you know, the flashback ends. She says to Zach, I'll still go to prom with you. And he was like, he's kind of like, what the hell? And she says, do you think I would leave for college still dating you? Oh, you did. Oh. That's so sweet. And that comes back as a refrain in this movie over again. I love the callback to that. Yeah. Uh, but when I saw this, I was like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a villain. Let's do this. Yep. Like we're five minutes into the movie and you already hate Taylor. 
Yes. Now, the whole quad is frozen watching them. Oh, I love that shot. And the second they get up from the table, they go back to talking. I loved it. It was so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Oh. Because they are literally like the two most popular people in school. Yes. When uh, Preston, Dulé Hill's character, is talking about who Taylor is, the, he even says, she's like you talking to Freddie Prince Jr., but with tits. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. We cut to art class where two of Lainey's classmates are painting evil clowns. Yeah. Like not just one, two evil clowns. <laughs> well, that comes back in later because she paints an evil clown and then paints one on a canvas. Yeah, it it does. I just thought it was very, very funny that they were giving her shit for not being a good uh -huh. artist and they're just both painting clowns. They weren't just giving her <laughs> shit. It's almost like they're painting in foreshadows. Oh, yeah. They just took Bob Ross's class on foreshadowing. <laughs> anyway, these girls are super mean and they, they say that artists yeah. are more famous after they die and they ask her to kill herself. Yeah, yes. I thought this was terrible yeah they fully tell her to kill herself because it would help her career yeah and in the midst of this her art teacher comes through and is like this is great but what part of this represents you basically well, saying that's, <laughs> that's because laney is super pretentious right here she was like yeah. i read about this riot in mogadishu and this represents the pain of that night yes yeah we all saw black hawk down laney <laughs> Yeah, and that's what her teacher says. Her teacher's like, that's great, but this has nothing to do with you. I want to see you in your art. Yeah, and, and I, th I think essentially what she's saying, and it comes back around la later, is that Lainey's very talented, but she's not very vulnerable. And as we discussed earlier, her art is literally trash. Yeah, <laughs> it is made of trash. <laughs> <laughs> so her classmates do come up and tell her to kill herself. Yeah. Which is pretty rough then we get some more usher oh i love this part the whole scene starts with usher being like and my thoughts are going out to the a really special guy out there who just got dumped today and then zach goes oh man i'm so embarrassed and paul's like no one knows it's you i'm fully talking about freddie prince jr comes over the pa i, lo I love that part so paul walker <laughs> says to him your legacy is in jeopardy yeah at this point he basically says Taylor's replaceable. It doesn't matter. I could be with anybody. And then we see Brock pull up in like a Dodge Charger with Rick James <laughs> blaring. Yeah. And he gets out, signs autographs, and then starts making out with Taylor just in the middle of the school, which like- a real r kelly move there yes because <laughs> i was like oh, how has a school official not been like hey aren't you like 45 like what's happening <laughs> this is where he claims that she's totally replaceable and dule hill says she's basically you with tits that's right it's it was after when i thought it was but yeah that's such a funny line freddie Prince jr says all of this is an illusion remove the attitude and makeup and it's just a C minus with a wonder bra, which is Ooh. like that. We're about to get into some heavy objectification right here. Oh, yeah. yes. Because this is where they set up the premise of the movie, right? Like, yeah, he's just saying like that he could turn anyone into like the coolest girl in school. Right. Prom right. Or queen. the prom queen. Right. Yeah. It's like a reverse can't buy me love. If that right. makes any sense. Yeah. Right. And then when he sets up that premise and they bet like him and Paul Walker bet, Paul Walker says, let's go shopping, which is super gross. I was like, Ugh, I don't like that at all. I Yes. And this is when I still thought the movie was like going to be super problematic. And I was like, oh, man. Well, yeah. Well, because it is problematic on some level, Mikey. But on another <laughs> level, the whole movie is problematic because the girl they end up picking who is like, quote unquote, 
gross and quote unquote dark is like drop dead gorgeous from the jump. Yeah. But a little yeah. gothy. And that's it. Yeah, well, he even says when Lainey like trips up the steps, which she falls upward too much in this movie. Which yeah. is so funny because she they're like jackpot. He's like, no, 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 no. And he like runs away. I know. And he comes back and he's like, I can handle fat. I can't handle like whatever she is. Can we go over what they passed over before they get yes, to her? Yes. Yeah. Tell, yes. yes. Paige, Let, yes. Paige, bring us through because we're just getting ahead. Absolutely. So the we're, first one is, is a woman they <sighs> refer to as Bubbles. She's just literally a girl blowing bubbles. There's nothing else wrong with her. That's just it. I mean, that's a fitting <laughs> nickname. Then they cut briefly to a heavyset girl who we can kind of barely overhear her conversation where she's talking about how she saves her scabs. <laughs> that's not that's not great it's not then we cut to the girl who's picking out a wedgie and paul walker says rectal archaeology <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> mikey just foreheaded the microphone right there and then then we settle on laney boggs who is gorgeous because she tripped Oh my god, she tripped. Oh, this loser. <laughs> what Freddie Prince Jr. says is fat I can handle. Weird boobs, yeah. some sort of fungus. Scary and inaccessible is another story. Yeah. Scary and inaccessible is my type. <laughs> you hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> and so he tries to argue it with Paul Walker, and Paul Walker basically says, If I were you, I wouldn't be wasting time. You have your work cut out for you. But he doesn't. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to do any work to make her beautiful because she already <laughs> is. Yes. She's he's gotta convince her to wear contacts. Todd, it takes an hour. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't convince her to wear contacts. He doesn't fix her hair. He doesn't do her makeup. True blood comes in and does the makeover. You're she right. fully makes her beautiful. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. is just sort of charming around her sometimes. Yeah, he is not very good at this bet, but he doesn't really try to like change her physically. He really just tries to hang out with her a lot. Well, and I would argue that at, at a point in this movie, and we got to wait till we get to it, but when they do finally change her physically, they stress that they didn't improve. They just changed. Ah. So anyway, so he tries to talk to Lainey and he's like, hey, Lainey, do you got a second? And then he looks up and sees her brother, Simon, and just says, sup, spaz. And Simon <laughs> says, he knows my name. And Lainey says, that's not your name. And then turns to him and is like, that's not his name. And he goes, oh, sorry. Which means that he fully thought that his name was Spaz. Yeah. <laughs> well, Freddie Prince is not smart in this movie. I know it tries to set up him being smart, but the things he does and says are not smart. I mean, he is very smart, but he has no common sense, Mike. Okay. okay. I think that's fair. I think he is a lot like uh, a friend of mine in that way, who I have a podcast with named Mikey. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so he starts to talk to Lainey and she just walks off she just doesn't even dignify it with a response yeah she bolts to the car she even says dad's waiting for us yeah and Paul Walker is loving it yeah he's like doubled over in laughter he is basically convinced he's gonna win that bet <laughs> what comes out later is it's more than just a bet because Paul Walker has some serious like psychopathy going on underneath oh yeah he's, he's we'll messed there. up uh, but now we cut to a rerun of the real world. <laughs> These are so good. They're so yes. good. <laughs> Matthew Lillard farts and then sniffs it. And then one of the roommates is like, oh, you're disrespecting us. You're disrespecting the other roommates. And he says, it's not about disrespect. It's just gas. 
And then we cut to Freddie Prince Jr. coming home, basically revealing that his sister was watching that rerun of the real world. Yeah. And his sister is from True Blood. I don't know her name. It's Anna Paquin. It's Anna Paquin. Oh, that's it. I just called her True Blood the whole time. Baby Anna Paquin. Baby Pax. Uh, she already knows that Taylor has dumped him. And he's yes. like, how'd you know about that? And she just says, well, she listens to Usher. <laughs> no, she says they've run that <laughs> spring break thing a million times because she doesn't go to the same high school as him. No, she does not. She goes to an all girls school. Yeah. She's a troubled child. It seemed yes. like. If by troubled, you mean wears a little bit of black eyeliner and probably works at Spencer's gifts. Like that's not very troubled, but yeah. Yeah, that's about as how troubled uh, Rachel Lee Cook is. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Uh, she asks him, "Who is the rebound skank?" And he says, "Well, I've got a little Ugh. project, but she kind of blew me off." And then Anna Paquin says, "Oh, I like her already." <laughs> 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 i really liked anna Paquin's character in this she's great I like her too. she's great in this and she basically tells him you know you're you're hot so people throw themselves at you did it ever occur to you to make an effort to find out what she likes where she hangs yeah. out i love that she calls him a bitch magnet yeah i love that like all the women you date are bitches like you need to take an interest in this girl i feel like freddie prince jr is like uh, just an idiot who was given a bunch of really good advice from everyone around him. Yeah. Rachel Lee Cook gives him some great advice. True Blood does. His dad does. Everyone's just giving him good advice. But his, some of his guy friends don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've been a high school guy with high school guy friends. None of them had good ideas. <laughs> oh, let's buy fireworks and put them in this car that's been here forever. <laughs> So she is packing up her purse and she tells him, if mom and dad ask, I'm at Ashley's. Her brother is home from military school because he got kicked out, which is wanga, wanga. like, I don't know what you have to do to get kicked out of military school, but OK. <laughs> so his parents come home and they're clearly loving, supporting parents. And they're asking him if he's heard back from Dartmouth. And he tells them just to give it a couple days till the end of the week, till the end of the week, till Friday. It's sort of revealed that his dad went to Dartmouth and he wants him to go there. Like, right. You can sort of feel that pressure in this very first scene with Shooter McGavin or this guy. It, it's not Shooter McGavin, but it looks like that guy. It's Bobo Shooter McGavin. Yeah. So Freddie Prince Jr. goes upstairs to his room where he's got an old ass laptop that is literally the, <laughs> the thickness of a Harry Potter book. Like, I mean, it was 99. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he had a laptop and it wasn't like a huge desktop computer that was as big as like a desk is amazing. I missed the 90s. I think it was maybe the best time in American history. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying we've gone to a dark path since the 2000s. Oh, I will admit that we are on the darkest timeline, but the 90s were not good. They're better than they are now and better than they were in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, so like this movie, I thought did a great show of diversity. Yeah. yeah. With like people of color and uh, gays and lesbians and, and like other like things. I mean, they were in the background again, like that. What are the, the other movie that we reviewed? Wimbledon. Wimbledon. At least they were there for 99. I was like, oh my gosh. And high it school It's sort of impressive for 99. Yeah. So- He's got his old ass laptop and he picks up a pile of papers off his desk when we reveal that he's been accepted to Dartmouth, Yale and Harvard and more. Yeah, pretty much every school he applied to, he got into. Man, what what problems he has. 
I oh, know. I know. To be rich, white, smart, and gifted. <laughs> yeah. I hate him so much already. So we cut to Taylor walking with Gabrielle Union and the other girl that's not Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim comes in and out of this movie. Yeah, I, I got the impression that she had like a tour she had to be on for most of this movie. Maybe she had an appointment with Diana Ross to jiggle her titty and she couldn't <laughs> miss it. <laughs> But this whole scene, Taylor's like pretty much saying, I know I'm definitely going to win the prom queen or whatever. But what I thought was insane as they're walking out of that store, I think it's Gabrielle Union says, you know, we've been working on your acceptance speech since before spring break. And that is an insane statement. Because prom is six weeks away from where they are right now. Right. Spring break was probably two weeks before that. So they started working on a two-minute acceptance speech two months before the prom? That's insane. And think about that in relation to the acceptance speech she ends up giving, which is my favorite one of all time. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. And they rehearsed that yeah. for two months, Paige. So we cut from there. Well, she does say in that scene, I could win prom queen in fluorescent lighting on the first day of my period cloaked in rags. Like she she's like, I'm a shoe in. It doesn't matter. She's a legacy. Her mom was the prom queen, which doesn't count for anything with prom. It queens. doesn't. No, this is not a sorority. Yeah. Then we cut to <laughs> Lainey's place of employment, the falafel hut, where she's asking an old man if he would like to supersize his falafel. Awful balls. And he's really got to think about it, guys. I love her hat. Her hat is so cute. I feel like they missed a very good prop joke where he says, can you show me the size of your balls? She should have just pointed to her hat. Oh, she should have. <laughs> That have been hilarious. <laughs> it is her hat is one of my favorites. It's very funny. It is great. And we see her wearing it like three times in this movie. He does say at one point, could I see a sample ball? I know, and she should have pointed <laughs> to her hat. It would have been hilarious. But Pretty Prince Jr. comes over there and she like leaves the old guy at the counter to talk to him. Which I if, like if I was in line at a food place and my high school person taking my order left the counter to go talk to some douchebag who walked in, I would be pissed. Mikey, I feel like you, like the old man in this movie, would be contemplating your ball selection. (laughs) I mean, I'd be nice outwardly, but I've been like, I'm here to pay for falafel, not listen to like two high school high schoolers flirt. Give me the biggest balls you have. (laughs) (laughs) He asks her out. And she asks if it's part of a dork outreach program. And he's like, I wanted to talk to you about art. And she was like, you don't take art. And he's like, well, maybe I could sometime. And Jesse wingmans her and is like, you should come to the show at the Jester tonight. You can have my ticket. Yep. And that's why you don't fat shame your friends. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that she starts out that conversation with Freddie Prince Jr. by saying, I'm not smart. I can't tutor you. This is not what I, you know, like she fully does not expect (laughs) you to be asking her out. Right. (laughs) And then Freddie Prince Jr. is like, I'm valedictorian. And then she turns to her friend. He's just nodding like, yeah, he he is valedictorian. He's real smart yeah (laughs) but her friend does like throw her under the bus and give his ticket to freddie prince jr and then freddie asks her out to dinner beforehand and she's like I work at a falafel place. You must be crazy to think I'm not eating here for free every night. Yeah, well, he, she says no, and then turns yeah. back to the man at the counter who just says, supersize my balls. 
<laughs> Amazing. Which honestly, if you look at that guy, you know he was gonna say that from the moment he walked in. <laughs> it is his thing, Winger Blanky, to say those things to young high school girls. But this movie makes me laugh. And this was one of those times where I was laughing at this movie. I was like, I this, I laughed and thought this movie was hilarious, despite the fact that I was like, this movie's not gonna be funny. I like it it overcame really negative expectations for me yeah I was, I was you like, didn't want to love it mikey but you loved it yes just like freddie prince jr didn't want to love her mikey but he loved her but he, he did. does love her uh one of my favorites is the very next scene where they go to the show at the jester and it is the artiest <laughs> art that ever arted it is insane i think it's supposed to be like i think they're making fun of like uh, what do they call that kind of art? Performance art. Yeah. But Mitch is full on insane. Well, Mitch is Alexis Arquette, who this is Alexis's second appearance on this podcast because Alexis was in Wedding Singer. Oh. No way. Yes. It's, That's it's, Alexis Arquette? It's Alexis before they transitioned. Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, she does a great job in this movie. Amazing. <laughs> like fully commits <laughs> to the bit. Like, and I'll say that they are being ridiculous. It is insane what they're doing but because they commit so hard to the bit and they don't play it like a joke yeah it's so funny even the two assistants little people oh yes when they walk out and they have their one line which i had to write down because it was insane (laughs) my soul is an island my car is a ford (laughs) and then the other one walks up and says i want to be like mike (laughs) what is happening and then they lay down and die (laughs) yes (laughs) yes Yes, mikey it represents all of our wants and desires and then we all die yeah i think it's about consumerism and it was one of those things where as a as a teenager i was like what is this shit and as an adult i'm like this is actually i get it i get it this is moving i kind of get it (laughs) and then they wrap them in a space blanket and then lady comes out in white face which i think is cool yeah and she just says be silent (laughs) be still and then everyone starts chanting it together. Be, be silent, silent. Be still. <laughs> so they complete the performance. They're clapping. My favorite is that Mitch bows with everyone and then comes out and bows again on his own. It's just like, oh, who me? <laughs> we should mention also he's wearing nothing but tidy whities. <laughs> yes. And Rachel Lee Cook is in a, a white leotard with white face, and uh, she is very attractive. We we should just talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if you've mentioned that, Mikey, but yeah, yeah, yeah she is. She yeah, is. you're right. Uh, now, at this point, she, I guess, had coordinated with Mitch beforehand, and Mitch calls Zach to the stage, and he's like, there's a new soul among us. Art is love, people. Art is love. And so he goes up there. And he just (laughs) plays hacky sack and talks to himself for like a whole minute and a half while they play the sound of a heartbeat and like project a background. And like watching it now, I'm like, this is actually kind of cool art. I kind of get this art. Uh, Yeah, I did too. Because he feels so much (laughs) pressure from his dad, Paige. Yes. And it's about how he's trying to juggle so much. Yeah. And he can't make decisions. I was like, oh man, I want to hate this, but I kind of dig it. Yeah. I think that's what Rachel Lee (laughs) Cook is feeling when she's watching him. Oh, you can tell, but because she is so taken aback by it, Mikey, she's white as a ghost. Yeah. Hack. Sack. Paige, sooner or later, it has to drop. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest surprise is when people start clapping. Yes. 
<laughs> so they're walking out of the theater and he's like exhilarated because like yeah. being on stage and crushing, there is no feeling like it. Yeah, he is literally <laughs> having the same conversation I had the first time after I did improv. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it was so amazing being on stage and not knowing what you're going to do and still making everybody laugh. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I honestly have had this conversation, but I was not nearly as handsome having it. There you go. <laughs> uh, and he then asks her, do you always wear those glasses? And she's like, yeah, I don't like touching my eyes. And he was like, but your eyes are beautiful. And she was like, oh, oh please. <laughs> I really felt for Freddie Prince because I have tried this line and got the same reaction. <laughs> Mikey, I thought you would really understand where Rachel Lee Cook is coming from because I know personally that if a very attractive woman is hitting on you, you assume she's going to try and murder you later. So you like avoid all the situations. Yes, that's that is also a fact. And I feel like that's all she's doing right here. <laughs> no, you have to be the pursuer because if a really attractive woman is pursuing you, they're going to murder you. Speak for yourself, Mikey. <laughs> You've never been tried to be murdered before. Have you? <laughs> what happened, Mikey? Who hurt you? So many. <laughs> so we cut to Taylor and Brock who stop having sex so that Brock can watch himself on the real world. <laughs> yes. There are two things I have to talk about with this scene page. The first one is she is 100% trying to like go down on him yes. in a very sort of sexy way. And he is stopping her from doing this yes. so he can watch himself on TV. Yes. This is how I feel like you and Natalie act like when, a pod when our podcast comes out. That hits a little too close to home and I'd prefer you not talk about my private life. <laughs> stop, stop. I have to listen to this. <laughs> this is the sensitive part. Listen to this joke I made. <laughs> no, it's not like that. But I do love that Matthew Lillard mentions that he's reading for the new spelling pilot. Yes, at 2 p.m. And I don't want to smell like your spit. Right. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I and I do love that he is the trope of a reality TV quote unquote star mm -hmm. who thinks they're an actor. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because when he's watching himself, he's like reliving the moment. He's like sort of like mimicking the actions he's doing on screen. Yeah, he's like, I get real Brando on him. And then he literally like <laughs> reenacts him like slapping a cup off the counter. My favorite is the first clip that you see in this scene when it like the scene opens and he tells her to stop because the show's back on and it's just him in the show on the couch. Oh, and he yeah. just goes, hey, him, ho. And then you just hear off camera, fuck off. <laughs> like, so you just like know how much everyone hates him on the show. So we cut to the next day where Zach pulls up to Lainey's house in his Hummer. Is it a Hummer or a Jeep? I thought it was just a Jeep. Yeah. He pulls up and Lainey's dad shows him a jock strap that he found in one of the college fraternity <laughs> pools. I love Kevin Pollock so much. And this is the first time we see the outside of Lainey's house. And it's established in this movie that they're pretty poor. But this is actually a very expensive, nice mid-century house. And they have a pool, which I mean, I get that he would have a pool. He's a pool guy. But yeah. like, they're not poor. Yeah, I've got notes on how much this would cost and how much versus how much he'd be making uh, later at the end. Yeah, and he kind of has a he kind of has a monologue about this. Yeah, at the very end. You're right. Yeah. yeah. 
so he confronts Lainey and is like, you totally wigged out. And she was like, no, I was busy. He was like, yeah, busy wigging. Do you want to go to the beach? And she was like, no. And so instead he asks Simon if he wants to play Sega. And Simon is like, yeah, play Sega. And then she's like, no. And he's like, I was invited. She's like, I'm uninviting you. So basically they like browbeat her into going to the beach to have fun. <laughs> he does. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. does. Yeah. I don't know that Simon does. Yeah. I feel like Simon's hurt that he was used as a pawn in Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr.'s game of getting Rachel Lee Cook to go to the beach with him. I think he would have played Sega if she wouldn't have gone, though. I really think I really do. I would have played Sega. Simon's the shit. Yeah. So cut to them at the beach, and she's kind of a downer because she's like quoting like salinization rates from CNN and stuff and being like, well, the pollution of and he's like, can't you just have fun at the beach today? Yeah, she literally says, you know how many gallons of waste are dumped in the ocean every year? Yes. <laughs> and Freddie Prince Jr. is like, what? No. Can we just have fun? I like their conversation during yeah. that. <laughs> no, because he was like, you know, you can still care about the world and things that are going on and still enjoy yourself and have fun every now and then and let yourself yeah. experience joy. And I thought that was a really thoughtful conversation. They see that the other popular kids are coming down the trail onto the beach. Oh, yeah. And Paul fully admits right here that he called to get a hold of Zach and found out he was at the beach with Rachel Lee Cook. And so he, they are crashing that party. Yeah. Well, No, he says, I knew you'd be at your spot, which I was like, man. Oh, yeah. And then he says something like, you know how many girls have lost their V card here or something like that? Yes. It's gross. It is super gross. But before we get to that, Freddie Prince Jr. has a moment with Rachel Lee Cook where he turns to her and he just says, if we're going to be friends, we have to deal with them sooner or later. That is true. Yeah. Which is basically like, I know you don't want them here. I didn't invite them here, but you're my friend. So let's deal with them and let's face it, which yeah. I kind of like because it's like he's not hiding her. He's going to include her. Yeah. And yes, Paul Walker does imply that many, many a woman had uh, totally lost their V card here. But this is also where we establish that aside from Taylor, who is not there, the rest of the popular kids, aside from Paul Walker, are not that bad. No. Dulé Hill is pretty nice to her. Gabrielle Union actively kind of befriends her. And we find out later in the movie that she kind of chooses her over Taylor. I mean, she's the one that nominates her, right? She's the one that nominates her, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. Taylor's mean. And, yeah. And Lainey's super sweet. Yeah. She's just a little downer sometimes. But listen, she's dark. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, let's talk about the bet. Because it doesn't seem like Freddie Prince's motivation is just the bet pretty quickly like he seems genuinely nice to her at this point yes there is a point at the party where it seems like maybe it's still just the bet but you don't really know for sure but i do think that that first night with her at the art show does change the stakes for him a little bit because i think he he gets pretty vulnerable that night yeah mm -hmm. and i think he feels like he hasn't had the chance to do that with anyone else that way yeah, it's hard to find people to feel safe with yeah now in this beach scene paul walker turns to him and just says check out the bobos on super freak which is where we find out that laney has nice boobs underneath all her clothes oh is that what that meant yeah i guess she wore a one a black one piece <laughs> that fits her great and i will say that it was very attractive yeah that's a great suit on her no, it looks yeah. amazing on her it does and the movie tries to play it down because she's not in a bikini and tries to be like well she's in a one piece i'm like 
that swimsuit's perfect for her. It looks amazing. <laughs> right. It's painted on her body. Yeah. That's where this movie fails is that she's too attractive for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, oh my God, look, she's actually cute. And I'm like, everyone knows she's cute. She's like, just obviously cute. We've known about the Bobos <laughs> on Super Freak since day one. Yeah. Right. They decide to start a volleyball game and even though she's bad at volleyball she joins in and they seem to have fun that day well and is it gabrielle union that like wanted to play but the other friend is like let's not let's just like hang out and sunbathe or whatever yeah the other friend is like no and gabrielle union's like if Lainey's gonna play i'll play basically yeah i like that and you're right Paige. they're not very good but they just have fun yeah dule hill gets like hit right in the face because he's checking out gabrielle union yep. yeah they're like hitting the ball into the back of people's heads it looked like it was fun it looked like a blast and at the end of the day they all get invited to a party at dule hill's house because his dad owns harrison ford which turns out to be a car dealership not the not the actor <laughs> which i thought was a really <laughs> funny joke and they basically the popular girl does say if she shows up to that party taylor's gonna shit frisbees <laughs> which i thought was great too but she tells zach i can't go i have to clean the house so we cut back to the house and this is the same day right this is the same day so this is pretty much the longest day ever in existence yeah well i mean i think that he got over there in the morning they went in the morning it's like around lunchtime they leave yeah right and then he shows up and the next scene happens and i'll let Paige describe it so her father's watching jeopardy and crushing every question i will argue the first answer at least was correct well it it asks what welch's invented instead of wine and he's just like non-alcoholic wine it's like the answer was grape juice and that is a correct answer eh. uh so laney <laughs> is on the phone with jesse and she's basically saying oh i've got stuff to do i can't go to the party tonight and he says i think you're afraid to let anything good happen to you did it ever occur to you that he actually likes you basically saying like yeah. go why would you not go to the party yeah, he's also like the most popular guy in school. Like, yeah, go. go. And she goes to hang up the phone because there's someone at the door. She opens it and it is Zach. And she says, I said I was busy. And then Simon comes out and high fives him with a handful of peanut butter, which is <laughs> really <laughs> gross. But how did, okay, I get that it's really gross. I don't understand why Simon had a handful of peanut butter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sometimes you're just making a sandwich and you just like, you get done making a sandwich, you eat the sandwich. And then like later on, you find out that there's peanut butter on your hand. Not everything is a personal attack. A Mike. handful <laughs> of peanut butter. But if you watch in the background while Lainey is on the phone with Jesse, he's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and he's just like destroying it. Like, is everywhere it's the craziest mess so yes todd it is a personal attack <laughs> so he says uh you said you had to clean and that's why you couldn't go to the party and so he brought the jv soccer team to clean and then he sends her to go get dressed and basically get a makeover with his younger sister yeah true blood does all the hard lifting in this scene yeah, we watch them cleaning the house while uh, Simon makes an alcoholic beverage for Zach, which we don't know what's in it, and neither does he, and he ends up not drinking it. <laughs> I do love that 
like Zach is just having the JV soccer team clean. He's yes. doing none of the work here, <laughs> but receiving all of the benefit. He brought the JV soccer team to clean the house and his sister True Blood to do the actual makeover. He is just sitting downstairs for the product of everyone else's work. What did we just talk about in personal attacks? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, this is not about you. I will say one of the funniest parts of this is as they're cleaning, her dad is just shouting wrong Jeopardy answers over and over. <laughs> well, and he fully has no idea what's happening. Not at all. And we're intercutting between Lainey getting ready upstairs and Anna Paquin basically saying, when was the last time you tweezed? Do you know Bert from Sesame Street? Basically implying that she has a unibrow that we know she does not have because we've seen her. And then we also know she tweezes because we've seen them eyes. Yeah. Also, her skin is flawless. Yes. And she asks, you know, have you really never worn makeup? And this is where we find out about her mom, where yeah. she says, my mom died before I got a chance to learn how to use makeup. And then Anna Paquin says, your hair doesn't really go with your face shape. I have an idea, but you'd really have to trust me. And she does trust her and she cuts her hair. We don't really see yeah. it. Then we cut back downstairs where her dad continues to watch Jeopardy. And the question is, who developed the printing press for the first Bible? And he says, <laughs> Hewlett Packard. And one of the JV soccer players says, Gutenberg. And it's correct. Yeah. And yeah. he just looks up and goes, who are all you people? Meaning that they've been like <laughs> cleaning around him and he didn't notice for the whole time. He's so good in this movie. He's in it for five, ten minutes tops. And he's great. But in he's it. so good. So we cut to Anna Paquin presents Lainey down the stairs and she says, uh, May I present the new, not improved, but different Lainey Boggs? And this yes. is where Kiss Me by Six Punts None the Richer plays. Oh my God. I love this scene. And I like that she's adorable and pretty but not conventionally so and i know that sounds insane because she's a beautiful woman but yes. for the style of the time she is not necessarily in line with the popular girls yes. you know she's got the short hair she's got you know the dress is kind of you know popular but that's about it it's very simple you know, she's still not playing at Taylor level. And I feel like it's a little reasonable. Now, granted, again, they were starting from clearly a beautiful woman. So it didn't really. <laughs> I do love that she doesn't come down the stairs immediately. Yeah. Anna Paquin has to say something like, get your cute butt down here. She's like, come on. Yeah. Come down the steps. And I think it's just because she's never walked in heels before. It took her that whole time to walk to the steps. I think that's why she falls at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. Well, and she falls into Freddie Prince Jr. Well, and she falls later at the party, too, because heels are hard i mean i get it man i've worn heels a few times it's not easy gotta walk on your toes i can barely walk in you know normal shoes <laughs> so they go to the party uh they meet up with Dulé hill and she just says who are all these people and he goes i have no idea and then <laughs> gabrielle union comes up to her very drunk and just says can i borrow you for a second you look amazing and like drags her off to like gal pal together somewhere else in the party yeah so then paul walker comes up to him and just says so did you guys come together and he says well i brought her here and he says are you mixing business with pleasure and this is where he says it's just a bet i felt like paul walker was like hey you catching feelings yeah. and he didn't want to admit to paul walker that he was catching feelings yeah. So he lied in this moment He's like hey it's just a bet don't worry about it I, That's how I felt at least That's how I took it and I think this is like the douchiest thing Freddie Prince says throughout the whole movie 
I think so too. Now, at this point, Brock and Taylor Vaughn show up and Taylor's wearing a very similar dress to Lainey and she is clearly already drunk and she <laughs> snatches somebody else's drink and then just says, I want a beer, even though she's holding a drink. Yeah. Lainey, meanwhile, goes to the bathroom where she runs into Misty from her art class. The one who told her to kill herself. The one who told yes. her to kill herself and she's barfing in the bathroom and she looks bad and instead of being a total douche Lainey basically says can I get you something and she gives her some like tissues and helps her out yeah she's sort of sweet and I honestly think would have helped her even more had she not been awful to Lainey yeah because she turns to Lainey and says how does it feel a rich girl like me has a scholarship to her first choice to art school and here you are cleaning up my puke and then she passes out spilling her plastic purse full of makeup on the floor. And then Lainey closes the door. Yep. I thought this was <laughs> so good. I knew it was going to happen, but man, I loved it. I was like, yeah, you get her, Lainey. So Taylor and Zach end up talking and she basically says, Brock will be right back if you want to get an autograph or a picture. And then Zach says, oh, yeah, I saw a rerun where he ate his own toenail clippings for $10. Great guy you got there. And she just says, Jump up my ass, Zach. And he says, Been there, done that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then Woo. Rick James plays for the first of two choreographed dance scenes in this film. Yes. I think saying choreographed is giving a little bit too much credit to the actual makers of this movie and not enough credit to Matthew Lillard because there's no <laughs> way they didn't just say, Hey, can you dance for eight minutes? And he was like, yeah, I can do that. Well, the only reason I think it was different is because they like cut to different shots of him like pelvic thrusting and like oh, yeah. craziness. He climbs up on the couch and pelvic thrusts a woman's face. Yeah, page. he he does impromptu karaoke. He points at his tattoo. <laughs> yes, every time it says me, he points at the me tattoo. Oh. <laughs> and he's in this he's in shiny oh. silver pants. And a silver velour shirt. That he has one shoulder out of. At this point, Misty comes out of the bathroom and we reveal that Lainey has painted her face like one of her clowns. So good. It's so good. And everyone's like laughing at her, which yes. I'm sure is like mortifying her on some level, but she deserves it. Yes. She told our lead character to kill herself in the, the first three minutes of this movie. Well, she also taunted her in the bathroom twice. She yeah. did two bad things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's the worst. So Taylor spots Lainey as Lainey's coming out of the bathroom and basically says, what are you doing here? And Lainey says, I was invited. And then she says, isn't your dad my pool man? And then she pours the cup of wine that she's holding down the front of Lainey's dress, ruining yeah. the dress. And it's clearly on purpose. She says, oops. And Lainey says, thank you. For a minute, I forgot why I avoided places like this and people like you. And then yeah. Taylor basically reads her the riot act of like, oh, you think you avoid us? You're not fit to be here. And just gives her a whole long diatribe of how she's terrible and worthless and ends it with, are you going to cry? And so Lainey runs out of the party and Zach follows her and she trips. Mm -hmm. And she's crying. 
And she's crying, yeah. yeah. And she says, I promised myself I'd never let them see me cry. And this made me cry in the Aww. movie because I totally Age. forgot about this scene. Yeah, it is really sad. And I think Freddie Prince Jr. is super sweet to her in this scene. Yeah, and because he does say to her, sometimes when you open up to people, you let the bad yeah. in with the good. And she says, I yeah. want to go home. And he says... And he just says, okay, like, I'll take you. And he takes his jacket off, puts it around her, and they get in his Jeep, I guess, and go home. Yes. I mean, we don't see them going home. We, it cuts to the next day at school But I, I thought he was super sweet in this moment Yeah and the next day We cut to school And she's actually dressed a little more modern She doesn't have the glasses And she's talking to Jesse about the party And she's like well maybe I had a little bit of fun You know before it went bad Yeah. And then people keep stopping her to be like you go girl you rock we're so excited and she basically says since when do i rock and they realize <laughs> that she is on the ballot for prom queen and she says well who the hell would nominate me but it's clear that everyone thinks she deserves it i think the student body of this movie is like excited to have someone that's not taylor I think so too. Mm -hmm. They want yeah. change. Now we cut to Taylor in her car. Wait, wait, Paige. You're skipping over a very important part. This is where Gabrielle Union, I think little Kim, get a page from Taylor that says 911. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, oh my God, pagers. Pagers. <laughs> I, I had a pager in middle school. Mikey, I had a pager too. I was not old enough to have pagers. I begged my parents for a pager in middle school. <laughs> I want to see a picture of you in middle school with a pager on your hip. All, all it is is me wearing Tommy Hilfiger and a fucking pager on my belt. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, I will, at the end of this episode, show you a picture of me going to prom. <laughs> <laughs> they get to her car where we find out that Brock broke up with Taylor. I love the flashback page. We cut to a flashback of the breakup and he says, oh. did you honestly think I'd leave for All Star Road Rules still dating you? Oh, you did? That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what she said to Freddie Prince. Yep. And then Taylor sees the posters for Lainey for Prom Queen, and she's like, uh, did I miss something? Yep. And we cut to Freddie Prince Jr. playing soccer. And then we cut to the locker room. <laughs> Wait, we, we gotta go back because I was on the soccer team. <laughs> they, they cut as much clothing off those boys as possible to keep it legal in high school. It's hot, man. You gotta wear those practice jerseys however you wear those practice jerseys, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even jerseys at that point. They did look like the practice jerseys we had for track. Yeah. I, I, it's just a weird thing for you to be nitpicky about. Wow, that is. Are you going <laughs> to drink right from the two liter of Diet Coke? Been there, you done monster? that. monster? Been there, done that. I have jumped up Diet Coke's ass so this many podcast times. podcast brought to you by Diet Coke. Oh my God. If they would sponsor us and just give me lifetime Diet Coke. Holy ah, shit. Happy. I would do it for Diet Coke. Die happy. <laughs> Die and happy. <laughs> so they're playing soccer and he misses that last goal. And we cut to the locker room where Paul Walker is basically accusing him of playing badly because he hasn't gotten laid recently. This is my favorite scene of the movie. What is wrong with you? And the fact that it unleashes Paul Walker's serial killer-esque rage for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because I was like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> like, what is going on? I also think it's interesting that Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't really want to talk about Lainey that way. No, he's... Like, he clearly avoids it. Paul Walker just says, if you're not going to partake, do you mind if I do? Because she looks like she might be a sweet little champ. 
and which <laughs> is nuts. You know, it had this movie been following Paul Walker the whole time, we would have seen him capturing and killing small animals the yes. whole time. Because <laughs> he's fully a psychopath. Well, th- this is the point where he goes, what is he, he what does he even starts it? He goes in this five minute tirade against Freddie Prince Jr. for no reason. Like, Yeah, they legit fight in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, but it's over if he's getting late or not and whether Paul Walker can go after her if Freddie Prince Jr. is not going to like quote unquote use her that way it's real gross yeah yeah but it ends with paul walker being like i'm gonna win and you think you're better than me but you're not better than me i've got to conquer the world Woo! and i was like what is happening <laughs> yeah he says you're going down asshole is the end of it yeah but it kind of reminded me of this is when i thought of and off mic earlier we talked about how there is a lesser known nearly identical film made by a lot of the same people that came out the very next year where James Franco is kind of in this Paul Walker role and he also is mildly homicidal in that movie and at one point (laughs) he writes a list of things to do and one is like just kill Brian it's very funny (laughs) (laughs) they lay it out way more obviously and we're gonna have to do that movie at some point because it's very funny I'm game I love these kind of movies it's so no but okay so yeah I like this scene because it's I like it. I like when it shows guys talking about women positively when they're when there's no women in the scene, because that Mm -hmm. is a big thing for me and making guy friends. And like I have met a lot of Paul Walkers in my lifetime. So we cut back to school and it seems like a lot of people are pulling for Lainey for prom queen. And Taylor is handing out free lattes from like her area. She has like a whole section of a hallway devoted to her, basically. (laughs) And she's like, have a latte vote for Taylor. I do love it. Lainey's friend Jesse in this movie is like her campaign manager and is like handing out buttons and hanging up posters and stuff like that. I honestly really like that he is a friend. I don't think he's gay. He doesn't right. come across as gay. It's never established because it doesn't matter. But he has no sexual desire towards his best friend Lainey. Well, yeah, Todd. Did you see her hair in her glasses? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, he's not like the spurned, friend-zoned guy, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I feel like there's a version of this script where he is gay. I don't think so. I feel like he and Anna Paquin have a moment They do. Prom. They do. They end up together. But there is also a, a moment later on where he establishes that they've known each other since childhood. Okay. Yes. So they're yeah. just very old friends, and maybe that's not a thing. I was afraid for a second that you were like, there's also a moment at the end of the credits when you fully see Jesse making out with Paul Walker. <laughs> Here for it. <laughs> That's the movie I want. I live my life a quarter inch of a dick at a time. <laughs> what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> So we cut to Lainey's basement and she's painting and she says no one's allowed down here, but Zach comes down there anyway. She's working on a new painting and it's a painting of her mom. And this is where we find out that her mom died of cancer and she feels like she doesn't really remember it. She talks about the funeral and kind of what she does remember. She ends up confronting Zach about not making decisions and Zach basically comes back at her saying that he doesn't think he can live up to his dad's expectations is essentially yeah. what it is yeah they're both really vulnerable to each other in this moment yes. and i thought it was really sweet i liked it a lot it's i thought it was sweet too so sweet she basically tells him he's lucky because he can make his own choices but he but reinforces that like he has to make choices 
and then yeah. asks him why he came here and he's like i totally forgot and he goes to kiss her and she says you're not just trying to get my vote for prom king and then he remembers the bet i think is what it is I do too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then he pulls a Christian Gray and just bolts out of there. Yeah, he's like, I gotta run. <laughs> you mean like a Mikey? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mikey, you'd stay for the kiss and maybe a little after that, and then you'd leave. Well, what we get after this is probably one of my favorites where it's a real world dream scene with the characters from the movie. I love this scene. So good. Yeah, the real world dream scene reverse bet scenario yes. was so funny to me. Where essentially he experiences what it would be like if Lainey made the bet with Taylor and yeah. gets kind of a reverse of it. And then it ends with Matthew Lillard's character Brock saying probably the most problematic line in this movie, which is not to get all mo on you, but your eyes really are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut back to the school where taylor vaughn is handing out a picture of herself with the band hansen now the band hansen actually factors into this movie more than you would think i found this as i was what? doing some research all the main characters are named after members of the band hansen there are only three <laughs> members in the band and some of their siblings so oh okay zach okay, okay. <laughs> And Mackenzie is the Hanson sister. So okay. Zach and Mackenzie and then Taylor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're all named. And the only one is like Isaac, who no one seems to be named Isaac, but the other ones are named after Zach and Taylor Hanson, which That's I find really funny. Is this also where we see like the freestyle rap group roll yes. up on campus and start beatboxing, rapping about Laney? Yeah. It is insane how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul Walker's overseeing this from like the uh uh-huh, with the his Diet floor. Coke friend. Yeah, and he puts out his cigarette in a Diet Coke. But it is again a can of Diet Coke facing label out, which means that they yeah, had like yeah. product placement. And here this Diet Coke, it still tastes good even with a cigarette. <laughs> Please sponsor us. We we cut to the cafeteria where Jesse is like, I was about to eat a snack time chip. But they're not, you know, they're owned by this other company and they're not dolphin friendly. And Lainey's just like, eat the fucking chip. I don't give a shit. Or no, she says, fuck the dolphins. And he says, a guy tried that and now he's banned from SeaWorld for life. <laughs> but then she- there are a lot of really funny, quick jokes in this that you may overlook if you're not really paying attention. Yes. And this is also a scene where she and Jesse get kind of vulnerable, where she asks him, am I kissable? And he says, well, you're you. But if I didn't know you my whole life, maybe that would be different. And this is, I think, where it establishes that they've been friends since they were children it does yeah. yeah which i sort of liked i liked that it was him he was like I, yeah. I just don't see you that way you're like a sister to me yeah yeah she's like he's like we've been friends our whole life and you're an artsy nerd and i hate you so it's like <laughs> you were like repulsive i ugh. he does not tell her she's kissable though which <laughs> yeah i feel like she needed to hear yeah. even if the answer was yes but you're not my type yes because <laughs> yeah, jesse's sitting there just like beating it off you know like beating, beating women off of him. he's like well i don't want you to get the wrong idea here <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> well, what I think happens is they get interrupted by Kieran Culkin, who is rollerblading around the cafeteria offering people fresh ground pepper. Yeah. What the hell is he doing in this 
scene. I mean, providing a service. But does he work in the cafeteria? Like, I'm so confused by why he is doing what he's doing. I think he's just a weird kid. I think he received orders over his hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they were there. Also, why is Sarah Michelle Geller yes, in this scene? Yes, that's what I was going to point out. It was insane. Yeah, so Sarah Michelle Geller is in this for two different reasons. A, because she and Freddie Prince Jr. were already a thing at this point. Yeah. Uh, but also because that is the same high school where they filmed Buffy. So like they were she knew where it was. It was a common set. And so she just like oh, showed up so on set fun. one day. That's amazing. She just showed up to see her boyfriend and they were like, yeah. hey, will you be in a scene? And she was like, I mean, as long as I don't have any lines, I'll do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, this next scene, we see two bullies basically tackle Simon and they force him to look at porn and then they pull out a bunch of their pubes and put it on a pizza. Force him? Question mark? <laughs> well, he he has him in a headlock, man. What would you call that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Also, this would be national news if it happened today. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it would. It 100% would, yes. So Zach shows up, he defends Simon, he makes him apologize, and then he makes them eat the pizza. Which was the redheaded guy from American Pie, the Shermanator. Yeah, Yeah. the Shermanator. It is the Shermanator who, up until, I don't know if this is still the case, but for a while was a waiter at the Wood Ranch at the Grove, where, so I worked like just a couple stores down. So occasionally you would just see him around. But he would like come up to people's tables and be like, hi, I'm your waiter. I'm whatever his name is. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, are you the Shermanator? Is the Shermanator our waiter? And people would like lose their mind over it. That has to sort of suck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be famous but not be rich would be really terrible. Yeah. Acting is sad. Let me just say this, though. Like if Freddie Prince Jr. was telling me to eat a pube pizza, no matter where the pubes on said pizza came from. I'm not eating that shit. Like, this is ridiculous that they do it. Hoover it. Yeah, he would have to beat me up. (laughs) Yeah, Paige, he does say hoover it. Hoover it. And then Simon says hoover it. And then both of those guys do. Yeah. Which is dumb. You throw it away immediately and then it's over. Did you notice one of the bullies' t-shirts? Yes, it said it'd kill all artists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so Lainey watches this happen and I think for her this is a bit of a turning point of like he also cares about my family and my brother which is like a thing I mean it's kind of overplayed because it's like he did the bare minimum of like those guys are gonna make him eat pubes on a pizza like somebody needed to step in yeah I know I know and I love that Lainey is like looking at Freddie Prince Jr. and he's looking at her from across the lunchroom or whatever yeah and then they have like this moment from 20 feet away and then Freddie Prince just like and like rushes out of there like he was a superhero (laughs) like you see his cape wave behind him as he leaves the room it's so silly that's how you do it Todd why are you wearing a cape everywhere, Mikey? That's how you do it, Todd. <laughs> I just want to remind people that Mikey is single ladies. <laughs> we cut to oh. later in the day at the Falafel Hut where Lainey works and Paul Walker comes into work and she doesn't want to talk oh. to him. And he says, I know I don't come off as the nicest guy in the world, but can we go no, out you do not, sir. <laughs> Like the bare minimum. And he asks her to prom and she just says, that's a hell no. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, And he says, that's fair, but I hope this isn't about Zach because he doesn't care about you like that. And he says, I thought that he was going to reveal the bet at this moment, but he doesn't. He just says that Zach has said to him that he wanted to get back with Taylor. Right. Yeah. He's even more in-depth douchey than you think. 
Oh, yeah. He's yeah. next level dehoosh. So we cut to Zach's house where his dad found the acceptance letters. He basically says, what do you want me to do? Pick a letter out of the stack? And his dad's like, yes. <laughs> but this is the very much the I don't want your life moment yes. of this movie. <laughs> yes. But I do love that his dad gives him great advice. He's like, listen, you're an adult. You have to make choices. The future is going to happen whether you're ready for it or not. Yes. So you need to make choices. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like his dad who could have been super mean in this moment, says, hey, I'm not trying to do what I think you're projecting on me. I just want you to make a choice. Right. You don't. It doesn't have to be Dartmouth. Just make a choice. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super sweet of his dad. I did too. I thought this movie was so much sweeter than I thought it was going to be. It, yeah. I, it was sweeter than I remembered it being. So we cut to, they're setting up for prom the next day, and Taylor comes up to Zach and says, we haven't finalized our plans. And he says, what happened to Lord of the Dance? <laughs> before this scene though we get another exposition dump from usher where he says about the prom voting for king and queen he says vote early and vote often which i just want to remind people is voter fraud and will get you at least five to ten years (laughs) yeah yeah, you kids you can't vote often Um, right you can vote early please do do not vote often yes so she reveals that she broke up with brock and he says i had other plans So basically meaning I'm not going to go with her. Well, she does not reveal that she broke up with Brock. She reveals that they're no longer together because Brock broke up with her. Right, right, right. So she basically says, well, I hope you didn't mean with Lainey because she's going with Paul Walker's character, who I think his his name is Dean. It is Dean. Yeah. He basically confronts Dean and says it's bullshit. And she's like, somebody else wanting to go to prom with me is bullshit. And he basically says, I thought we were going to go together. And then Paul Walker says, you got to stop with this whole bet thing. And then they reveal the bet. He literally says, you've got to stop with this whole bet thing. People have feelings, man. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm like, brutal. oh, Paul Walker, <laughs> you know. son of a bitch. And then Freddie Prince just starts crying right in the middle of this whole scene. He does. Yeah, it's really yeah. sad. It's really sad because she's like, is that true? Am I a fucking bet? Yeah. And he admits yes, even though, like, it's a bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. But- it is still technically a yes. Yeah. And he's just super sad about it. Although I think this is really the scene where you see how two-faced Paul Walker is. And I know for a fact that this is what the LAPD saw in him and why two years later they sent him undercover as <laughs> Brian O'Connor to locate and infiltrate an undercover street racing gang. They were like, look, if you can get Vin Diesel's character behind bars, we'll forget about the whole rape charges from high school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he's like, what? (laughs) So Taylor leans forward and says, oh, you didn't think you became popular for real, did you? Oh, you did? That's so sad. Yeah. Taylor's the what? I hate her so much. Yeah. And Lainey runs away. Yeah. And Taylor leans forward and just says, pick me up at eight, lover. Ugh. I hate Taylor. I don't like the word lover. It's a strange choice. I'm going to start calling you lover all the time. That's that's not in public. I don't consent. (laughs) All right. Then I won't do it because consent's important. Consent is important. Paul Walker. Which Dean learns later in this movie. We cut to Lainey's basement where she's painting. Yeah. Zach is trying to call her and it goes to the answering machine. And he tries to call again. Simon answers and just says, stop calling here, asshole. And then tells his dad it was a wrong number. 
<laughs> but this is when Lainey's dad goes into the basement and has that conversation with her, right? Yeah. Uh, it's the yeah. next scene. It's one or two scenes later oh. because what we see is Zach gets dressed and takes his sister to the prom. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was so sweet. Yeah. I thought it was super sweet, too. And they make it very clear that he just needed someone to go with so that he could see her there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Anna Pack was like, don't worry, she'll be there. You'll have your chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. This is where her dad comes down into the basement and she tells him that she's going to run to the store later. And he basically says, you know, some people think that being a pool man isn't isn't respectable, but I own my own business and I own my own company. I own my own house and I own my own company. Yeah. And, and he says, I know you guys help out. And she says, well, we're a team. And he says, well, maybe this team thing has created confusion about who the parent is, because sometimes I think you take on so much so you don't have to deal with the business of being a kid. And I'm just afraid that if you're you keep putting off life, you're going to wake up on a porch somewhere looking for your teeth. And she just says, that's graphic. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Uh, I do love this, though. It's very heartfelt. And I really do feel like he is just like, hey, you're a kid. You're running out of those years. Yeah. Please enjoy being a kid while you can. Right. You know, you don't have to be the adult here. I can be the adult here. Yeah. You go have fun. And there's a man upstairs who is fully ready to take you to prom. Yep. Which I do want to point this out before she goes upstairs. Did you guys see the name of his business? Because it's on his shirt that he's wearing. No, what was, what it? was it? The name of his business is Dr. Pool. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious for some reason. That's as bad this as Mr. Did- Plow. <laughs> I know, but this dude is a PhD in pools. (laughs) I thought it was great. Yeah, he's a doctor of being a pool. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, her dad tells her to have fun for her and not for someone else. Yeah, I thought that was super sweet. And I will say, I think the scene where Zach is taking his sister is actually after this because we're not sure who's waiting for her upstairs. Oh, that's true. That's true. And she comes upstairs and it's Paul Walker. And then he basically says, I know you don't trust me and I respect that, which is bonkers. And he says, but I didn't ask (laughs) anyone else on the chance that you'd say yes. You don't even have to change if you don't want to. And she does choose to go with him. And then Zach takes his sister. Now, we cut to the prom where Usher is DJing the prom. No, he's not. Well, yeah, he's not actually there, but he is DJing that prom. (laughs) from the future so (laughs) this is where they're taking like couples photos and this is where we find out that gabrielle union nominated laney for prom queen yes really quick when they're taking those prom photos watch it again and watch dule hill's face when he takes the prom photo yes refuses to smile and he gives like his best blue steel impression and it is amazing i love dule hill so much it's great my favorite one is the very next one which is lil kim and her date who is someone we've never met and then the shermanator jumps into it and she just goes derek it's the strangest. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't even sound like little Kim. What's happening? Was that 80 yard? And the tuxes they are wearing are 90s amazing. The, the whole, all the dresses are 90s amazing. This is a very yeah. 90s prom. And I found a picture of me in my 90s amazing tux that I would like to share with you at some point. Yes. Do you want to do it now or do you want to wait? I mean, I'm happy to share it with you now. Do you guys want to yeah, see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Are you ready? Yep. Yep. Yes. Is that a cane? Yeah. So I wore a top hat and cane, and I'm wearing tails, as you can see. You look like Mr. Peanut. (laughs) I was not wearing a monocle, Mikey, although I know you are a fan. Well, I know you were single. (laughs) No, I I had a date to prom. 
Did you take your girlfriend to prom? Yes. I just took dates. Oh, no, I had a girlfriend at this time. Yeah. I mean, my my uh, vest and bow tie matched her dress. Oh. Should we, like, put on Instagram our prom photos page? We absolutely should, I think. <laughs> I'm 100% game. I'll see if I can find one with my dates. I'll have to ask Lauren if she's cool with we'll, that. We'll send one later because uh, I can find it so that we can post it. Uh, but I do want to post it because I would have fit in perfectly <laughs> amongst these 30-year-olds pretending to be high schoolers. Truth. And thus commences <laughs> the second choreographed dance scene in this film, to Funk Soul Brother by Fat Boy Slim. This scene is everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane that they take literally like three minutes of the movie to do a dance choreographed scene. I knew this dance. Oh my no, God. Did you? I want to learn Paige. it now. I was like, I want to <laughs> learn this dance. It's not very hard. It's not a very hard, hard dance. Um, because okay. they have to be able to do it in tight formal dresses. It doesn't really matter if you're learning it alone. It's the whole like there's groups of people learning it, and that's <laughs> where it's tricky. Up, yeah. Usher goes part the Red Sea, and they all. <laughs> he also he introduces this as like remember that dance I taught you in a scene we never saw. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now split like the Red Sea. But it, it's a long dance scene, and then the it is. It's like the dance team did a. Like a dance for the prom. He says, bring a dance team at one point <laughs> when it? it gets more complicated. <laughs> now. I did not realize he said that. That's fucking I lost hilarious. track of the main characters throughout the whole thing. I was like, yeah. what's happening? Where are the people? Where's Freddie Prince? This scene is the reason why Usher's character exists in this movie. Because when Harvey Weinstein saw an early cut of this movie, he was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he insisted that they basically reshoot basically establishing information and they couldn't just plop Usher down with nothing else. And so that's why a lot of his stuff is voiceover and he never interacts with any of the other characters. That's amazing. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Yeah, that is super wild. I hate Harvey Weinstein, but that was probably a good call, though. He also wanted a sword fight in this movie and didn't get it. So, like, he has what? bad ideas sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he got his way in Shakespeare and Love, though. He did. I think he really related with Paul Walker. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad he's going to die in jail. Me too. <laughs> uh, so, Anna Paquin and Jesse, who we find out his name is Jesse Jackson in this, in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that. It's really funny. Uh, so they get together because uh, he introduces himself and she's like, I go to a school with a school with 500 chicks. So they're now like partnered off. And yeah. Paul Walker leaves Lainey to go to the bathroom. And while he does, her art teacher finds her and tells her that her final project, the one that basically featured her mom, uh, yeah. was so good that she faxed all of her art schools and she said, I've been trying to open you up for four years, and I'm so glad to see this happen. Whatever made you open up, keep it, basically. Which keep doing it, yeah. yeah. We know is... Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Our popularity. It, yeah, yeah, maybe. Did teachers fax colleges? Is that a thing that ever happened? My mom faxes colleges all the time. Uh, my teachers... They still to... fax people? Yeah. Todd, some people at school had teachers that really believed in them and wanted oh, them wow. to succeed. Oh, wow. That hurts so bad. And uh, uh, <laughs> I was not one of them, Todd. I'm not attacking you. I just oh, think so that... you've heard about this in stories. Yeah, yeah. I think some <laughs> of my uh, fellow uh, cohorts, yeah, fair enough, had okay. teachers really believed in them. The unrealistic part of this is that they're at 
prom and she's doing it thinking it would make a difference because by then she would have already been accepted or not. Right. That's true. You know, it doesn't really well, matter. It's, it's, it might. I don't know. I did, I did not get accepted until real late. That does not surprise me. My math teacher, my senior year math teacher said he wished I failed because I'm not ready for college and I should join the army. Wow. Jeez. It's good to have teachers that believe in you, Mikey. Yeah. We cut to... <laughs> Uh, Zach and Taylor are dancing on the dance floor and Lainey's watching them, which is just kind of like reinforcing what Paul Walker has said to her, um, yes. which, by the way, he never picked up Taylor. And at one point she comes up and she's like, I forgive you. Let's dance. What is it? Taylor is delusional. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker is in the bathroom and he's basically bragging that he's going to close the deal with Lainey, that he's going to he's got this hotel room. He's going to make it happen. Jesse overhears and he goes to warn Anna Paquin, yeah. the prom king and queen announcement happens. Zach wins, obviously. Uh, prom queen, they announced <laughs> it as their closest race ever, and it was 54 to 46. And it is Taylor Vaughn. Yes, but the high school Supreme Court is who decided it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> these crowns are very, very sharp. It looks like the art class made them. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> almost like the, loses his crown at one point because the lady kisses him. It looks like it's made out of tin roof. And somebody just like <laughs> got some tin snips and made it happen. Once Lainey doesn't win, Paul Walker asks if she wants to get out of there. So they do. Jesse interrupts Zach's acceptance speech to tell him. And yeah. while he's telling Zach what's going on, we cut to Taylor's acceptance speech, which is, first of all, I'd like to thank all of you who voted for me and for the rest of you. And then they cut her mic. But you see her mouth just say, what were you thinking? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so now we find out that he's taking Lainey somewhere, room 409. And so Zach yes. drives around calling hotels. We cut to Lainey arrives home and she says, you were right. I did have fun. And she sees that Zach is in her living room. Yeah. And her dad says, if you want to go talk in the backyard, that's cool because we're going to go to bed. Yes. So the first thing Zach asks her before anything else is, are you all right? So like he's immediately checking oh, in so on her. Yeah. And yeah. she says, I just figured out a little late is all. But you know that sexual harassment is still a big issue these days. That's why I carry this. And it's a tiny ear horn. And she says, I held it up right to his ear. I hope it doesn't cause any permanent damage. And it does. It does. <laughs> we find out later it fully does. This is where we reveal that he missed the rest of the prom. And he tells her, I made that bet before I knew you and before I knew me. Oh, good line. Yeah. What were the stakes of the bet? And he says, I lost my best friend, but she taught me a lot. And he's clearly referring to her. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. This is when I started crying. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And he asks, can I have the last dance? And she says, no, you can have the first. Oh, my God. Uh, when, she, when she said, no, you can have the first. I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, I want to be loved. And her dad turns. <laughs> oh, Mikey, you'll find your Rachel Lee Cook. Her dad turns on the lights and she says, I feel just like Julia Roberts, except for that whole hooker thing. Oh God! Which are, is the word she's using? Yes, that right? is a direct it's, quote. You would say sex worker. Sex now. worker now. Yeah. Yes. Then she reveals that she's going to art school. He's like, I'm thinking maybe about art school, and she says, You don't like art, and he says, Performance art, and then he says, Be silent, be still, yeah. and then they kiss. <laughs> 
And it's very yeah. sweet. And then we hear kind of voiceover as the camera pulls back. And she just says, about the bet, what were the terms? And he says, you'll see, I never go back on a bet. And we cut to oh graduation. <laughs> we see Taylor Vaughn smoking in the back, like yep. with empty seats all around her. Uh, we hear them call Dean Sampson Jr., which is Paul Walker. And he just goes, what? Like, he just can't hear. <laughs> and then they call up Zachary Seiler. And he has a soccer ball in front of his dick. He walks up to the stage and then tosses the ball to Lainey, who catches it, because he's the valedictorian. Yeah! Oh, shit! <laughs> I do love that he would be arrested for this now, but everyone is just like, <laughs> like laughing at all. Here's what's hilarious. He is sitting there naked, which means yes, that everyone has known the yes. whole time. So, like, any school yes. officials... No one has come up and been like, you need to put on a gown. Like, it's not like he reveals it. He's just like, yeah, I'm naked. I'm sitting here. What? I'm just holding <laughs> on to my soccer balls. Yeah. And how mad would your parents be of those photos? Oh, my God. <laughs> I do want to see like a picture of him, like armor on the principal, hand on diploma, fully naked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the movie. No roll yes. the credits. All right, Paige, I have to know more about the fun facts. Yes, tell me everything. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So <laughs> she had to mentally prepare herself. For I have these a, facts, yeah, I Mikey. have a separate list. So <laughs> this is Harvey Weinstein wanted us to have a sword fight. And again, he ends up kind of, I think it was because it had been in Shakespeare in love already. Um, yes. But they argued about it because they thought it would be wildly out of place. But his idea was to create a rivalry among members of the drama department that would lead to them having a sword fight. But no one else liked that idea. Well, because <laughs> that is exactly what happens in Shakespeare in Love. It is, indeed. Even crazier was Matthew Lillard demanded a personal trainer. <laughs> well yeah i mean he was shirtless in that pool that's basically what he said where he he was like i want to look good in the pool and they were like well your character's ridiculous enough to do that so sure i like how i immediately understand where matthew lillard's coming from <laughs> that is a dangerous thing you just said <laughs> so harvey weinstein hated that choreographed dance sequence uh but he was the producer and he hadn't gotten a sword fight so he was pretty mad about it and he was like, how would all the characters know the exact same dance? And so he didn't want it included. And so that's why they had to basically plan out all the scenes involving Usher, which were reshot after. <laughs> and it was the only way that Weinstein would agree to release the movie. That's amazing. And Usher's great in this. He's just not in the same movie everyone else is in. Yes, exactly. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was coached by a professional hacky sack player. <laughs> Does he do his own hacky sack stunts? He does. No way. Also, hang on one second. Did you say professional hacky sack player? Yes, I did. How is that a thing? It was a thing then. It's probably not a thing now. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I was about to get real mad. It went out with the Pog League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pog. Um, now, another another thing that Weinstein included in this movie is the scene where they're told to hoover the pube pizza because Ugh. he thought he needed something in this movie to appeal to men who would see it with their girlfriends. And he said, guys like gross out humor. Oh, swing and a miss. I hated that part. I know. Uh, the fake hair on the pizza was made of corn 
stalks, like the little threads from corn. Oh, okay. Still yeah. gross. So some of the tears in that scene where they reveal that it's a bet are real <gasps> because apparently Freddie Prince Jr. was so upset by the idea that a person would do something to another person that was so terrible. I love you, Freddie Prince. Never change. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's acting. Oh, man. He's feeling it. He's not just acting, Mikey. He's living. I like that that's how bad humanity can get in the 90s to drive someone to tears. Well, this is going to blow your mind even more because did you know that M. Night Shyamalan claims to have ghostwritten this movie? What? (laughs) What? That cannot really? So here's the thing. I was like, that's not true. And the credited screenwriter basically was like, no, it's not true. And then came back and was like, Okay, so he came in and punched up a couple scenes, mainly involving the bet between Zach and Dean. And then he also wrote the performance art scene and the hacky sack scene. Wow. Wow. So it is sort of true. It is sort of true. Now, uh, Sixpence None the Richer basically got famous because of this movie. Yeah. But what you might not know is that song came out the year before and was actually featured on Dawson's Creek first. I did know that. Yeah, but it didn't get the same play. But this movie put it up to number two on the Billboard chart and it became a, you know, phenomenon at the time. Now, what's really kind of a bummer is that when Fatboy Slim signed on to have their song in the movie, they essentially signed away their royalties. So even though this movie plays on TV and plays everywhere, they don't earn a cent off of it for that song. The song, by the way, is uh, the Rockefeller Skank. People usually call it Fat Soul Brother, but Rockefeller Skank. So yeah, so they have basically made no money off of their song in this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. And apparently, oh, the other Hanson sibling is Jesse. So Mackenzie and Jesse are the non-band Hanson siblings who are referenced in this film as well as Zach and Taylor. Someone is a super fan of Hanson. It was M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, it was M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, I do have some notes about the house. Oh, yeah. Hit us with the money facts. Those are those are great. Like the median income for a pool guy is like 50 grand a year, which is not a time. And this is current, by the way. But he owns his own business. So I'm going to say it's probably higher than that. So we don't fully know exactly what he makes. But to have a comparable home in Torrance, California, which is where the high school is, where this is kind of set, he would need to be able to afford a house. I found a comparable one. And it's going to go on foreclosure auction for $834,507 in foreclosure. In In 90s dollars, that's closer to about $400,000. But that's still a ton of money. It's still a ton of money. But those are all my my fun money facts and other facts. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for those insane facts. Do you guys think they're still together? Absolutely not. I don't think that's the point of the movie. Controversial statement. No, I don't don't necessarily think you're wrong. I just don't think they're together just because high school romances never really work out. Maybe not never, but rarely work out. That never is a strong word. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. rarely work out. That's fair. I'm going to say that it's nice that they end up together at the end of this movie, but I think the point of this movie was for them to both explore being vulnerable with another person. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that he goes to Dartmouth or whatever decision he makes, it doesn't matter. And she goes to art school. Yeah. And they fully break up and, you know, find love with other people. I'm going to say it's probably an amicable breakup where they probably stayed friends. Like, that's what I would argue is Mm -hmm. that they they end up remaining friends. They're definitely the ex that the the current person is definitely threatened by. Yeah. 100%. That's their only kiss. They reconnected on Facebook. And when they both get divorced 20 years later, they're going to get back together. (laughs) So, yes, they they stay together. (laughs) They do end up together. I think they stay together. Oh, Mikey. Mikey always thinks they stay together. Uh, But Mikey, I think we know that you would date Lainey Boggs. Todd, would you date Lainey Boggs? Especially in high school? Absolutely. A hot, nerdy girl? Hell yeah. I would have been super into that in high school. I would have been super into the vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, and she's like really honest and that's awesome. Yeah. I would absolutely date Freddie Prince Jr. Hell yeah. yeah. But Paige, what about Dean? I mean, he's a horrible <laughs> trash person. But he's super hot. He's super he's hot. He's your hot. horrible trash person. <laughs> I Like, there's a part of me that's like, I mean, you could have just gone back to the house and been like, oh, yeah, I totally blew this air horn. <laughs> like, been like, hey, Dean, pretend to be deaf until after graduation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anyone about what we did in room 409. I do. I, I did hear that Paul Walker was a super nice person in real life and everyone like loved him in real life. I heard that, too. And so Paul Walker in real life. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys want to talk some box office? You want to talk some numbers? Yeah, let's yes, do box office. Absolutely. All right. So what do you think the budget was for this movie in the late 90s? Uh, I don't think this is that expensive of a movie. I'm going to say it's about 10 mil. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 15. It is, and I got conflicting numbers, so I'm going to say 7 to 10 million. It's okay. in there somewhere, right? Uh, this movie came out on January 29th. 1999 so early 1999 and it was number one the weekend it came out it beat patch adams (laughs) a movie i referenced earlier varsity blues was number three that week number four was a civil action and number five was a movie we've done on this podcast shakespeare in love oh yeah. Well, we do know that Shakespeare in Love didn't get a huge wide release, and that would have been part of its Oscar yes, release. It would have been. So that doesn't surprise me that it got beat. Yeah, Shakespeare in Love was released to a few theaters late December, so it could be considered in you know the 1998 Oscars. But it was already in its eighth week, and it didn't do bad. It made four million. But she's all that that did win the weekend made sixteen million dollars. It's Damn. opening weekend, which is great. If your budget was seven to ten million, let's yeah. say you spent another ten million. So you spent twenty million dollars total in between budget and marketing, you have made your money back by the second weekend. But let's talk about how much it made. So what do you guys think it made domestically in its theatrical run? I'm gonna say forty million. Oh, I was gonna say forty four. Okay. It made sixty three point three million dollars. And it's theatrical release domestically. Guys, internationally, it made $39.8 million. This movie made $103 million in 99. Good luck. You know, they don't make a lot of like rom-coms for teenagers anymore. They're usually for like adults. They do. They're just different. Like, you know, now it's Hunger Games. Yeah. (laughs) Like the high school, like... 10 Things I Hate About You, She's All That. Like, those kind of movies aren't made anymore. It's like always adults in these I think it's because now. people saw Mean Girls and were like, oh, we can't do better than that. Yeah, yeah that's They're true. like, damn you, Tina Fey. But 
This movie, if you adjust for inflation, would be about $160 million today. Jeez. It Lord. made money. It made a lot of money, which is why, Paige, that movie was made that is just like this movie that came out literally just a year later. And I bet it made money because Probably. my generation loved this kind of bad, awful, awesome movie. It's called Whatever It Takes. And in looking it up, the budget came up and it had three times the budget. What? Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll cover what it made at box office when we cover the movie. Well, speaking of that, this week I made you guys watch She's All That. Mikey, it's your week, right? So what are you making okay. us watch? We're going to change. We're going to change it up a bit, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do a movie I really, really like. It's like an indie rom-com. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. It's called okay. What If. Okay. I love this movie. Okay. When I'm having a bad day, I watch it. Okay. Okay. It's called What If. It came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's available on Prime Video. Nice. Thank you, Mikey. Nice. That makes Thank me don't have to pay for it. Thank yes. You. I appreciate that. So this came out during Harry Potter's run, right? I believe it was one of his first films after Harry Potter. Okay. Awesome. I uh, can't wait to see Daniel Radcliffe without a wand. That wasn't a sexual thing. You don't have to look at me like that, Mikey. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything. It's a podcast. <laughs> well, guys, your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and watch What If starring Daniel Radcliffe. So, Mikey, do you want to read a review for us? So, Mikey, while you're looking up a review for us to read, let me remind them that if they want to have your review run on the podcast, simply leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes. Mikey, do you have one for us to read? Yeah, I do. I'm just making sure it's good. Okay. Um, Lefty2005 Ooh. says, perfectly day. Perfectly day? <laughs> I, think, I think they might be drinking wine while they write the review. Oh, it starts listen, your new homework is to get wine drunk and leave <laughs> us a text review. <laughs> they, they start the review with, the wine and crime podcast has been the only perk to my Thursdays. I'm seeing a theme. Until this podcast came around. <laughs> I love it. I listen to these podcasts back to back and laugh hysterically during the day while I work on designs. This podcast Aww. makes me reminisce on some of my favorite rom-coms. While I don't cry at these movies because I'm empty inside. <laughs> oh, Mikey. <laughs> the day this, this sounds group... like your type. <laughs> the way this group talks about these films reminds me of how much, I, how much love there is in the world. Thank Aww. you. I thought that was really sweet. Five stars. That is a super sweet review. Well, thank you so much, Lefty2005, for that amazing five-star review. And if you want to have your review run the podcast, leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes and Mikey will read it. So if you want to listen to Paige on a vast number of podcasts, check out her other podcasts, which are Cult Podcast and Black Card Rehab. If you like all three of us and think we have just amazing chemistry, check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, where they make me watch horror movies and we make fun of them and me. It's fun, right? Uh, if you want to follow Paige on all of the social platforms, she is at Paige Wesley on Twitter and at Rampage Wesley everywhere else. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you want to follow the show account, we are at Romancing the Pod Show, except for on Twitter. And if you can find the Twitter, guys, you deserve to follow it. So uh, it's um, at Romancing Pod Show. S H <laughs> O on Twitter because uh, Twitter has a character limit. Right. We're more of an Instagram show right now. We are more of an Instagram show. Yeah. And Facebook group. And guys, if you want to join an awesome, fun community, join our Facebook group because it is pretty yes. great. Thanks for listening to Romancing the Pod. I'm Paige. I'm uh, Mikey. And I am Todd. 
and you complete us to, to completion. completion. <laughs> Laters, babies. <laughs> oh, have a good week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.